the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The insanity is a heartbeat away. Yeah, Joe Biden could only have uh, 15 minutes left as president, for all we know. Uh, But what we do know is that the person who takes over, if and when he does leave early, uh, will be taking transgender insanity into the White House if she moves in. Here's the vice president of the United States... At a meeting yesterday, she's sitting at the uh, sitting rather at the uh, at the head of a long table with several other women. And speaking of insanity, they're all wearing masks. Uh, good afternoon. I want to welcome these leaders for coming in to have this very important discussion um, about some of the most pressing issues of our time. Um, I am Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her. I am a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. Yeah, just in case there was any confusion about whether, you know, the first woman vice president in history is a woman, and just in case she's insane enough to believe that everybody has to know which pronouns to use for everybody else, and just in case the people who were at the meeting didn't know who she was in the first place, she had to say, I'm Kamala Harris. Anyway, in her defense, the comment about wearing a blue dress might be understandable. This was a a meeting about abortion rights and people with disabilities, so the description could have been for any blind people watching. Uh, That may be giving her too much credit, but it's possible. Anyway, the pronoun insanity can't be explained unless you've bought into the transgender insanity that is uh, spread across the country. And, of course, by buying into the insanity, of course, Kamala is allowing for the possibility that the first female president of the United States of America, if it's not her, could have a penis. You know, kind of like the first female four-star admiral in the U.S. Public Health Service Commission Corps. That would be our Aunt Rachel Levine. Or the University of Pennsylvania's nominee for Female Athlete of the Year, Leah Thomas. Well, it sure didn't take long for the stupidity and the insanity to get to the top, did it? But here we are. And when we come back... Can a case be made for disbanding the FBI after the latest information from some whistleblowers? And in our second half hour, the author of a book called The Politically Incorrect Guide to Pandemics, who says COVID-19 came from China and it was no accident. Stick around. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwall. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. And speaking of zero... Right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsrustpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsrustpittsburgh.com. International travel is open again. So now is the perfect time for that trip to Israel, the trip of a lifetime. A trip to the Holy Land will bring you face-to-face with one of the most fascinating countries on earth. More than just a vacation, this meaningful trip is your opportunity to enjoy the freedom to travel again. Walking the ancient streets of Jerusalem where Jesus walked, sailing the Sea of Galilee, and floating in the mineral-rich Dead Sea with its healing and rejuvenating power. Sebastian Gorka and Dinesh D'Souza, along with our trusted travel partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours, personally invite you to experience Israel with them this November. To book your trip to Israel, log on to StandWithIsraelTour.com. That's StandWithIsraelTour.com. 
Then call 855-565-5519 to secure your spot. Call today, 855-565-5519. Inflation is soaring. Prices are going up everywhere except Legacy Box. That's right. When our number people wanted us to raise prices, we said, heck no, that's un-American. When times get tough, Legacy Box stands strong. Introducing the Legacy Box Inflation Busters Sale. Not $15 a tape, not $12, nine. Yes, just $9 a videotape. We're in a race to save your family's recorded past from the risk of fires, natural disasters, and the decay of time. Don't let this summer's heat age your videotapes, film reels, and fade your photos. Legacy Box saves your memories by professionally converting all your analog formats to digital on thumb drive or the cloud. And it's all done here in the USA. Legacy Box is simple and safe with over a million satisfied customers. For a limited time, you can get started for just $9 a tape. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to get our $9 sale. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to get our $9 offer. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. Your spouse has said your marriage is over and they're ready to walk out the door. So where does that leave you? Hi, I'm Dr. Joe Bean. We've helped thousands of couples in this exact situation. We want to share with you the things you can do right now to start turning this crisis around. If you're somebody who's lying in bed sobbing yourself to sleep because your husband has left you or walked out on you or your wife has left you and you think, oh, well, this is it now, it's not it. There is hope. We're going to teach you the three things you need to start doing immediately to get your spouse back. If your marriage is in crisis, you're not going to want to miss this special Save My Marriage event happening on lovestories.com. So sign up today. Visit lovestories.com for the free Save My Marriage mini course happening now on lovestories.com. That's lovestories.com. Check out lovestories.com. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, the FBI's uh, reputation has taken some serious hits over the last several years. Uh, Now it's reached the point that serious people are calling for it to be disbanded. And that would include John Daniel Davidson, senior editor at The Federalist, who joins us now. John, thanks for coming on again. Hey, thanks for having me. So um, what's the story that seems to be the last straw for you here when it comes to the FBI? Well, it's the news that broke on Monday evening that Senator Chuck Grassley shared in a, in a letter that he sent to the FBI Director Christopher Wray and Attorney General Merrick Garland, basically saying that a whole host of whistleblowers from inside the FBI have come forward to him, um, alleging uh, a plot within the FBI to suppress and quash an investigation into Hunter Biden's criminal activity in the run-up to the 2020 election. Now, that's true. That marks two elections in a row that the FBI has directly interfered in, 2016 and 2020, both times to keep Trump out of the White House. Uh, and if that's the case, then we need to disband the FBI, get rid of it, get something else in there, start over. Yeah, uh, and why isn't this a bigger story? Uh, the media don't seem all that interested in this. Well, there's a couple of reasons why. For one, uh, it's definitely counter-narrative. The corporate press... Uh, you know, carries water for the Democratic Party. Uh, they're not going to want to highlight anything. You know, that you saw their reaction to the Hunter Biden laptop story in October of 2020, totally verified, completely true. They waited, you know, over a year. The Washington Post and New York Times did before they would acknowledge what everybody knew in October, who was, uh, you know, saw the story in the New York Post, that uh, the stuff on Hunter Biden's laptop was authentic. It was real. It wasn't hacked. It wasn't fake. It was real. Uh, so there's that. And then the other aspect of it is that, you know, this is a letter from Chuck Grassley saying that he has these whistleblowers from inside the FBI that have come forward. And we don't know who they are. There hasn't been, uh, you know, an in-depth investigation into this. We're maybe still in the early stages. But I think the reason that the media doesn't want to talk about this story and doesn't really want to know the truth uh, is because it goes against their narrative, which is that Hunter Biden is uh, pure as the driven snow and that the Biden family is not corrupt, and only Trump supporters would, would think that. And I ask this question all the time when it comes to uh, the media and covering stories, and I, I agree 100% with what you just said about why they might not be interested in this, but 
uh, and you work as an editor uh, at the Federalist, senior editor at the Federalist. You've been around the media a long time. When did the media stop being interested in uh, what would appear to be a blockbuster story um, just because the narrative wasn't what they wanted? It used to be even even I mean the the, the major uh, media have always been uh, leaning to the left, but. They covered Watergate because it was Richard Nixon, but they covered Ted Kennedy. They, co- I mean, you know what I mean. It's it, when did it become right. like this? Bit, they, how does how do journalists who were who used to be trained to just love a good story not just glom onto something like this immediately and and see if it's true? That's part of the, the deal, yeah, isn't I, it? Yeah, it's a really interesting thing the way journalism has transformed uh, over the past forty years or so, and I think a lot of it has to do with the the sort of people who are being trained up uh, and taking jobs at these major publications and at these networks, uh, you know, they tend to be uh, increasingly people who aren't interested in a good story. They tend to be people who are ideologically motivated, who are uh, journalists, activists, right? They practice activism journalism or what they would call advocacy journalism. And rather than just telling the facts as they are and letting the American people decide for themselves, they feel like it's their job uh, to tell us what to think and to tell us, uh, you know, who are the bad guys and who are the good guys. And I think that a lot of that has come out of journalism schools and university programs uh, and sort of the leftward drift of academia. Uh, and, and, you know, increasingly, the kinds of people who are in national journalism are, uh, are, are, are elites, right? They're people with graduate degrees. That didn't used to be the case. Journalism used to be kind of a blue-collar profession. You know, local journalism is where you started and you worked your way up. And, and, and you had to learn how to tell a story objectively and how to be fair. Uh, and, and a lot of these people go straight from getting a master's degree at Northwestern in journalism to being on the staff of the Washington Post. And they don't have that experience of just learning how to do the job. Yeah, it used to be that, uh, at least it seems to me, that it used to be that if the person, uh, especially when it comes to covering government, uh, if the person in government doesn't want to hide under his desk when he sees you approaching, uh, you're probably not doing your job. That's not the case anymore. That's right. That's right. There used to be this ethos uh, in, in journalism that you were holding power accountable, right? And we only see that ethos come out now when a Republican is in the White House. Then all of a sudden these journalists see themselves as heroes that are holding power accountable mm-hmm. and asking the tough questions and demanding answers. But as soon as you get a Democrat in there, it's like, what was, you know, what's your favorite ice cream flavor all of a sudden? Uh, these are the kind of questions that you get. Uh, you know, these, these, treating Joe Biden and his administration with kid gloves when we're going into a recession and these, these reporters and journalists will just take the administration at its word that they're changing the definition of a recession now and no one will raise a peep about it. It's disgusting to watch. It's also disheartening, though, as an American. We need a strong free press that holds power to account in this country, and we don't have that right now. We have ideologues who want to ignore a major blockbuster story about a Hunter Biden investigation getting quashed ahead of the 2020 election Uh, by the FBI. I didn't want to get off on a long tangent on the media, but would you uh, allow for the fact that this the the conservative or right wing media are not innocent when it comes to this? There there are plenty of people on the right side doing the same thing. Yeah, but I would argue the right wing or conservative media rose up in reaction to the very phenomenon that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, the the uh, abject and obvious bias of the quote-unquote mainstream media, I like to use the term corporate media because their views are not really mainstream, um, but it was a reaction against that, and I think a lot of conservative and right-of-center media, including the Federalist, where I work, are at least upfront about uh, our you know, which way we lean right. ideologically, which way we lean politically. We don't p- 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 pretend to be neutral. And the difference is the Washington Post and New York Times still labor under the illusion that people think they're neutral. And that's really just not the case anymore. And they're still getting away with it. People, There are plenty of people yeah. who believe that out there, especially the people who yeah. read it and take it seriously. Um, but the, the story that uh, the, the stuff that uh, Grassley came, claims to have gotten from the whistleblowers 
It, uh, if what he's saying is true and what the whistleblowers are saying is true, it sure makes it easier to understand why the FBI did nothing with um, with Hunter Biden's laptop for, what, like a year they had it before before they even did anything with it? Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, it, from what it looks like this, uh, in this Grassley letter is that the FBI had an investigation open into Hunter Biden that began with looking at his taxes. And this was in the summer of 2020. So months before the laptop story came out and they were investigating Hunter Biden, uh, his business uh, activities, possible criminal activities between him and his uncle, Joe Biden's brother, James Biden, and some of their overseas business dealings. And it was this investigation that people inside the FBI at FBI headquarters uh, labeled some of the information that was part of this investigation, improperly labeled it as disinformation even things that had already been verified as true, labeled labeled it as disinformation, uh, and then sought to quash the investigation and prevent it from being opened up again inside the FBI. Uh, And those those are huge allegations, if that's true, because it's obviously um, political maneuvering ahead of an election by people, very high officials inside the FBI doing this. And it's kind of, it it shows that... um the FBI and people who work for the FBI, even at the upper levels of the FBI, they are still benefiting from the trust that the FBI has had for so many years as being this organization This organization that's only interested in doing what's best for America. And you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're heroes, the FBI. Right. And these the people who are working there now, if this stuff is true, they, they're still – going to the bank with that stuff. And and so, as you say, it might be time to just get rid of the FBI because they, they're abusing the respect that the, the organization has, has uh, garnered for itself over the last 50, 60, 70 years. That's right, and they've squandered it, you know, through a pattern of, of politicized inquiries and investigations. You know, you remember back in 2015 and 2016, the whole crossfire hurricane investigation that – set off the Russia collusion hoax was entirely cooked up by the FBI, by people, by ideologues inside the FBI that thought the worst thing that could happen to the country was for Donald Trump to win the presidential election. And they worked very hard to try to prevent that from happening. And when it didn't work, they worked very hard to try to cover up what they had done. And they invented this collusion narrative that Russia was, uh, you know, pulling the strings behind the scenes and controlling Trump and that the Trump campaign was compromised. They falsified a FISA warrant so they could spy on Carter Page. They cooked up the Steele dossier and didn't tell the FISA court that the source material was junk. Uh, you know, some of the same people that were behind that turns out are behind this latest revelation about the Hunter Biden investigation getting killed. Some of the same exact people. Yeah, Brian Austin, you point out in your piece. That's right. Brian Austin, who's he? Brian Austin uh, is the FBI supervisory intelligence agent who opened the initial assessment, as they say, of the ongoing Hunter Biden investigation and labeled it as disinformation, trying to prevent any further investigation from happening in the months leading up to the 2020 election. So this is the kind of, we need a full investigation. We need to know what happened. Uh, and if, if, if it happened the way Grassley's letter suggested that it happened, then uh, we, we as a country need to have a reckoning about what the FBI has turned into and whether or not the FBI itself is now a threat to our republic. And this Brian Austin guy, he, he was around in 2016, too, wasn't he? That's right. He was one of the people that was right at the center of the Crossfire Hurricane investigation. He uh, you know, he interviewed one of the primary subsources for the Steele dossier that made all these outlandish claims and turned out to be junk. Uh, and yet it was the basis for a FISA warrant to spy on the Trump campaign. He withheld information. Uh, you know, th- this is this is a, a, a shady character who has a, a track record of being dishonest and, and, and taking actions uh, with regards to very sensitive investigations in, inside the FBI that can only be understood in a political light. You know, these people are, are political partisans. They're not just, you know, you know, enforcing the law. And, and, and we need to understand that when we talk about the, the FBI in 2022. Is there any way to look, do you think, um, at what happened in 2016 and then again in 2020 without coming to the conclusion that the FBI was determined to prevent uh, Donald Trump from becoming president? 
I don't think so. Certainly not with 2016. You know, based upon everything we know now from the Robert Mueller investigation, uh, from from the you know the the uh, internal investigations, the the Michael Horowitz investigation into how Crossfire Hurricane got started, the John Durham. Uh, prosecutions that are still ongoing, by the way. We're still finding out more as time goes on about how this happened, uh, how this investigation got started. I don't think you can come to any other conclusion uh, but to take some of these FBI agents at their word that they thought Donald Trump winning the election would be a grave threat to the republic and they had to prevent it through any means that they could. And that's what they tried to do. And I wonder, and I'd like your opinion on this, and we're talking to John Daniel Davidson, senior editor at The Federalist. You can find his piece about this at thefederalist.com. Um, I, I mean, I know Donald Trump was Donald Trump, and it wasn't taken seriously by a lot of people from the beginning because he's who he was for the last 30, 40 years. But do you think the FBI and the other people who were so opposed to him were opposed to him only because he was Donald Trump and they didn't think he was uh, qualified? Or do you think they were opposed to anybody like him who was going to come in as an outsider and start snooping around and start finding out things that have been going on and, and would be because they aren't politicians and haven't been around for 30 years, would ask... What is this? What what is this? Uh, this is the first I've heard of this. Why yeah. are they doing this and that? And that that to me, that's what they were afraid of. It was just it was anybody who's going to come in and see what's been going on and say you you're doing what you made what deal with who? Yeah, yeah. So, someone they couldn't control. Yeah, um, and, and somebody they didn't have leverage over. I, I, that's a great point. And I think that you know it, it's an interesting thought experiment as well. I think in the event. Uh, you know, it, it was both the fact that Trump was an outsider uh, and also that, you know, they felt that Trump was um, was a buffoon. You know, yeah. they thought he was too, too stupid and, and too buffoonish uh, to be president. And they uh, saw themselves as kind of like the protectors of democracy. Like, you know, the American people can have democracy up to a point. But if they choose somebody like Donald Trump, some, you know, TV kind of celebrity uh, some out this outlandish, uh, you know, uh, character, then um, that's not okay. You can't choose him. You can only choose p- the people that, you know, James Comey and Andrew McCabe and Peter Strzok think uh, are acceptable as presidential candidates. I think, I really think that's their, that's their mindset, that they're here to protect us from ourselves. And if that's what the FBI has turned into, then I, we can do without it. Let's scrap it and start over. Yeah, and and if Trump had not been Donald Trump, if if it was he he played into their ability to um, portray him as a buffoon because of the way he acted, he was so different and everything. Because right. of his personality, they were able to to um, get away with with uh, selling the idea that we're just trying to protect you from this idiot who has no business being president, instead of. We're protecting ourselves because we don't want this guy snooping around. That's right. That's right. I think uh, I think both of those things can be true. I think they they believe they were protecting us from ourselves, and I think they also didn't want someone like Trump, an outsider, uh, someone they couldn't control, uh, to be snooping around uh, and looking at what they were were doing and what they had been doing. And, and that's true, not just of the FBI. That's true of a whole host of yeah. executive branch agencies, the State Department, uh, the Defense Department. Uh, there's really entrenched interests that were really, really opposed to the kinds of things Donald Trump was proposing and campaigned on. Uh, you think, you know, the insiders of the Department of Defense or the State Department wanted to hear what Trump had to say about NATO, about our military obligations overseas. They didn't want to hear that. It, that, that went against everything that they built their careers on in many cases. Uh, and here you have uh, an outsider president coming in, promising to shake things up and shake up the status quo uh, and threaten these special interests. Of course, they're going to fight back. And that's exactly what they did. I got about 30 seconds left. What what do you uh, what are the what are the chances of this going anywhere? This uh, this story, these whistleblowers uh, comments and and um, information. I think it could go. I think it could go somewhere with a Republican majority in Congress. I think after the midterms, uh, you know, it, it, the story won't be too old, and it certainly is important enough for people like Chuck Grassley and Senator Ron Johnson 
to pursue this and to demand an investigation uh, and to request a special counsel maybe uh, to launch, uh, you know, congressional investigations to get to the bottom of what happened. The American people deserve to know. Uh, and I think there's an opportunity if the Republicans gain the majority uh, to really shine a light on this uh, and to not let the media kind of sweep it under the rug and ignore it. Hey, John, I appreciate you coming on as always. Great stuff. Great piece at thefederalist.com. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay, that's John Daniel Davidson. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The Federal Reserve raising its benchmark interest rate by three-quarters of a point for the second straight time in its most aggressive drive in three decades to tame high inflation. The Fed's move will raise its key rate, which affects many consumers and business loans, to its highest level since 2018. Nearly 800,000 doses of the monkeypox vaccine will soon be available in the U.S. The Food and Drug Administration has inspected and certified the vaccine and says the nearly 800,000 doses are already in the U.S. for distribution. The White House says the administration's monkeypox response has been comprehensive and aggressive. But there's growing criticism that authorities have been too slow in deploying the shots. Plus, health departments in San Francisco and other major cities say they still don't have enough shots to meet demand. Greg Clugston, the White House. Stocks are sharply higher. The Dow up 360 points. This is SRN News. If you were lied to and buying a timeshare and worn out, you need my help. Hi, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started the timeshare cancellation industry by exposing the ugly truth about timeshare and giving folks the straight facts. I've been fighting the timeshare giants ever since, so no one knows this industry better than me and my team. Today, we have 383 employees and have saved our clients an average of $65,000 in lifetime payments. Imagine putting those timeshare dollars back in your pocket. If you were told in a timeshare presentation that this was available today and today only, that timeshare was a great investment or your maintenance fees will never go up, call my office now. I guarantee if we take you as a client... We will cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call now for your free information kit. 800-881-4242. Jay Sekulow explains the impact of an open border. We have said this on this broadcast for a long time now. That whether you're living in Texas or Arizona or California border states, or whether you're in Manhattan or Atlanta or a town in Mississippi, this situation with an unregulated, unprotected border is wreaking havoc. Secular, live, weeknights at 6, right before Brandon Tatum at 7 on AM 1250. The answer. Today, the majority of children have already been exposed to pornography by age 11. Even though most of this is accidental, this exposure can have disastrous consequences for their mental health and future well-being. If you want to protect your child and set them up to have healthy relationships, you need Canopy. Canopy is the most effective technology on the planet for blocking pornography. Canopy's app uses artificial intelligence to identify and filter explicit content on every website. It can do this in milliseconds and is 99.9% accurate. While other apps block entire pages, Canopy is the only tool that filters within websites, plucking out explicit images and videos before they appear. Its image scanning technology also prevents users from taking and sending sexts. The Internet is awash in pornography, but your kids don't have to see it. Head on over to canopy.us forward slash protect to start your 30-day free trial. Enter the promo code PROTECT and get 15% off the regular price for life. As a constitutional law attorney, former senior legal advisor and personal counsel to President Donald J. Trump, Jenna Ellis believes in the rule of law and the importance of integrity in our elections. And on the Jenna Ellis podcast, she tackles the big cultural and legal issues facing America. Don't miss a single episode of the Jenna Ellis Show. Follow today at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or at SalemPodcastNetwork.com. AM 1250 and FM. 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. 
Starting off with the closure due to a parking lot collapse. This is Frankstown Road shut down, Rody Road to Duff Road. Again, parking lot collapse there in Penn Hills. 28, we have an accident inbound near RIDC Park. You are jammed for about a mile there. So this goes from Gamma Drive into RIDC Park. That's between exits 10 and 9. 28 outbound jams up from Route 8 to Delafield Ave. Also, Parkway East inbound, heavy Edgewood Swiss Vale at the Squirrel Hill Tunnel, 2nd Ave to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West inbound, Monster Run Road into 22. We have you jammed. That's a look at traffic. I'm Meg Novelli. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. Cloudy and humid tonight with a couple of showers and a heavy thunderstorm this evening, followed by a passing shower late. Those storms could bring flash flooding and isolated damaging wind gusts, the low 69. Mostly cloudy and humid tomorrow with a thunderstorm in parts of the area for the morning, followed by a gusty thunderstorm in the afternoon. Again, those storms could bring flash flooding and isolated damaging wind gusts, the high 83. Variable clouds Friday with a passing shower, high 78. With your Mackey Weather Forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, uh, I was unfortunate enough uh, today to have the TV on when the big guy was announcing to the world that he had tested negative for COVID. He, got, he actually got applause, I think. And he said that he'd isolated for five days. Then he went on a harangue about vaccines and how we should get one or more. It's hard to believe we're still dealing with this after two and a half years, but here we are. Steve Mosier is an expert. Uh, an ex- Stephen Mosier is an expert on uh, China. He's also the author of a new book called The Politically Incorrect Guide to Pandemics, and he joins us now. Stephen, thanks for being here. Uh, it's good to be with you again, John. So um, do you make the case in your book that we can thank China for this insanity? Oh, absolutely. Uh, but we also have to thank Dr. Fauci, and there's enough blame to go around. I mean, millions of people died trillions of dollars in economic damage. Uh, let's not stop with China, but let's start with China because it was the Wuhan lab of uh, uh, studying viruses funded by Fauci, the scientists there were trained by Fauci, that collected hundreds of bat coronaviruses out of caves and then began genetically engineering them using gain-of-function research to be more infectious and deadly. I wrote about this in February of 2020, and, and guess what uh, I was called? I was called a conspiracy theorist for saying it came from the lab. But all roads led to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And, uh, of course, they still do. We have all kinds of evidence now uh, from the statements of PLA bioweapons experts saying, you know, we want to use a coronavirus to develop a, a, uh, a deadly infectious disease to use as a bioweapon. That's right in their strategic literature, John. In the, in the Chinese literature? In the Chinese literature, I read, write, and speak Chinese. In the Chinese literature, they're already talking in 2016, 2017, how coronaviruses would make an excellent bioweapon because it's an RNA virus and it's easy to make insertions in the virus to make it more infectious, to make it more deadly. So they were talking about that in their own strategic literature. And then there's a whole paper trail uh, going back 10 years of how they were doing exactly that. Uh, they were gain-of-function uh, research experiments that showed that uh, they, they enhanced a, a, a coronavirus and, and the mice were all dying. <laughs> that, yet, of course, they, they used mice as a, uh, as, as, as a proxy for human beings. But serial passage, they kept passing it through, uh, through um, uh, mice, uh, rodents, until it could infect mammals. And then uh, they created something that could infect human beings. Even, you know, I mean, we have lots of people like Robert Redfield now saying two years too late, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, the former head of the of the CDC saying, "Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely from the lab." So he's he's arguing with Fauci now. But where was he in in February of 2020 when when we could have stopped this whole train wreck before it happened? Uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, Fauci has only recently said that he's he has an op- he's willing to have an open mind about whether it started in a lab. I'm laughing because I was called a conspiracy theorist in February. I was banned from social media. Uh, in fact, they took down the New York Post for a while on Facebook, which is kind of, you know, it's only the fourth largest newspaper in the United States. Uh, so they were banned, too, for publishing my work. And we now know from emails that Dr. Fauci, who funds most of the labs around the world in viral research, he's got $6 billion to throw around. So a lot of people take his money, and if you take his money, it turns out you have to do his bidding. And what he was saying in January and February was, uh, you know, we really need to show this came from a bat. We really need to show that it was a zoonosis. It came from animal to human. It wasn't engineered in the lab. 
And so he organized a whole group of people. He was clever. He didn't sign the, the document. But he organized a whole group of people to sign a letter in Nature and another one in Science, major magazines, right, saying that anybody who says it came from the lab it is promoting a conspiracy theory. In fact, the only conspirators were ones that he organized. And, of course, he used his position. This guy's been around for 40 years, Never. and he's a doctor, yeah. and he's a you know, nice little distinguished-looking guy and seems like a harmless character. And he used that, and the media were more than happy to just take everything he said and spit it right back out. Well, and, and a lot of what he said came directly from uh, the People's Republic of China, came directly from the Chinese Communist Party. And one of the things I point out in, in the Politically Incorrect Guide to Pandemics is that uh, China is the great breeding ground for pandemics. And under the Chinese Communist Party in 1958, they lied about the Asian flu. It came from the province of Guizhou in southwest China. They covered it up. Tens of thousands of Chinese were dying. They waited until the pandemic had spread around the world and before finally saying a year later, uh, yeah, I think it started in China. Did the same thing in 68 with the Hong Kong flu. People in Hong Kong were furious. They knew it didn't come from Hong Kong. It came from across the border. But the Chinese Communist Party covered it up until it spread, became a, a, a worldwide pandemic, killed over a million people. And uh, But the real kicker is uh, 2002-2003, we had a SARS-1 epidemic. We're living through, through SARS-2 right right now. But SARS-1 was a snake coronavirus, a snake seller, snake handler in the southern province of Guangdong got uh, sick with the snake coronavirus and died fairly quickly. It spread rapidly. Thousands of people were dying in China. And guess what China did? They didn't tell the World Health Organization they had an epidemic on their hands. They doctored the data. They silenced whistleblowers. And finally, when we found out what was going on in China, just in time to stop it from killing a million people outside of China, uh, the Chinese government said, well, it, it didn't come from us. It, a foreign agent released a bioweapon in China. That was three, 2003. A foreign actor released a bioweapon in China. Does that playbook sound familiar? Did anybody buy that at the time? Well, no, but, you know, we should have been alerted to the fact that there's a pattern of yeah. behavior here on the part of the Chinese Communist Party. They either, this time is different because they created it in the lab, but as for the rest, they followed the same playbook. They silenced whistleblowers. They doctored the data. They said there's no human-to-human -human transmission. They got the World Health Organization to lie for them. And then when they were called on it, they said it was a U.S. bioweapon released at the World Military Games by U.S. military athletes in in October of 2019, which was a blatant, a blatant lie. But they they lied before in the same fashion. We should have been ready for this, John. Has the COVID-19 uh, plague been good for China? It has left China in a in a stronger position than uh, it was before. It's left the West, I think, in a weaker position. Uh, but I here's people ask me, you know, did it was it deliberately released or did it leak from the lab? And the answer is both. And and how that works is as follows. Uh, the Chinese had a virus, right? They had, they had ge genetically engineered to be a bioweapon. And they were working on a vaccine. And, in fact, the head of China's bioweapons program said in a secret speech in 2017 that first you have to have this, the spear before you can develop the shield. They had the spear. The spear, the weapon, was a, uh, was a virus, the coronavirus that we all know and don't love. Um, and the, the shield was a vaccine. Now, it leaked out in Wuhan in vaccine trials. They were trying to create a vaccine to protect their own people before using it as a bioweapon. It leaked out during vaccine trials. They had a major epidemic on their hands, and then they deliberately spread it around the world. So did it leak from the lab? Yeah, during vaccine trials. Was it deliberately spread around the world? Yes. Most successful bioweapon, well, most successful weapon attack in human history. Killed millions, cost trillions of dollars in economic damage. Is it any less politically incorrect uh, today to suggest that COVID-19 came from a lab now than it was, well, back when you were being taken off of uh, social media? Well, I think a lot more people are beginning to speak out. But what, what will happen? Uh, the dam will break when, when Anthony Fauci, who's 81 years old, finally retires. And the dam will break because I think he's been keeping his finger in the dike now for two years. And everybody who gets money from him knows that if you cross Anthony Fauci, you're crossed off the list of uh, grantees. So I think the, the power of the purse has been at play here. Um, politics has been at play here as well because there was, it was an election year in 2020, and we all know one political party used this against, uh, against President Trump uh, bigly, uh, repeatedly claiming that he had failed to deal adequately with the uh, 
coronavirus pandemic when he was taking advice from a political operative in a lab coat by the name of Dr. Anthony Fauci and another one by the name of Dr. Deborah Birx. We're talking to Stephen Bocher. He's the expert, uh, an expert on China. Uh, he's the author of a book, a new book called The Politically Incorrect Guide to Pandemics. I also should point out, uh, Stephen, that you are the author of a book called The Bully of Asia. So this is not a new subject for you. And you kind of just threw it in there quickly that you speak and read Chinese. I think that puts you in a pretty small minority here in the United States. So you, uh, you've been able to do your own research, your own reading, and you don't have to wait for somebody to translate it for you. And that helps a lot. I was the first American social scientist allowed into China back in 1979. I spent a year living in China, uh, free to travel uh, where I wanted to and, and free to talk to whomever I wanted to talk to. I was in the operating room when they were forcing women to have abortions because of the one-child policy, which uh, broke on the Chinese landscape when I was in China. Um, I used to teach at uh, university at Stanford, University of California at Berkeley. So, yeah, I've written a dozen books on China. I, uh, I spent two hours last night doing an interview in Chinese, which, was, uh, which is always fun. <laughs> well, uh, should the world expect more labs in China like the one that produced COVID-19? Very interesting you should mention that because uh, last year China started building more P4 labs. Those are the so-called high containment labs. You know, you say high containment and then you laugh because it contained the virus, did they? It leaked from the so-called high containment lab. But they're building more labs uh, throughout China. The bioweapons program is forging ahead. I think they've been encouraged uh, by the effect of this first release of a bioweapon. And unless there are reparations demanded, unless there are consequences for China uh, for doing this to the world, to the West, to the United States, uh, why wouldn't they do it again? I was very pleased that uh, that uh, President Trump uh, yesterday in his speech uh, to Turning Point said that one of the things he wanted to do was set up a commission to uh, to assign uh, responsibility for the pandemic to China and ask for reparations. I think that's exactly what needs to happen. I don't think it'll happen under this administration because uh, it's too busy doing business with China. Yeah, you you um, recently wrote a, an op-ed at the New York Post uh, getting back to Dr. Fauci where you talked about his five biggest mistakes. I don't know if we have time to go into all five, but go ahead and pick one that you'd like to talk about. <laughs> well, uh, contact tracing, failing to protect the vulnerable, closing the schools, mistakes on natural immunity, funding Chinese labs. Okay, here's the original pandemic sin okay tony fauci was a big advocate of gain-of-function research and uh he, he, wiser heads than his said uh, tony this is very dangerous stuff you you say you're going to create a monster virus in the lab and then create an effective vaccine against it and stop the next pandemic in its tracks what happens though if the monster virus that you create in the lab gets out from the lab uh, he had no answer the gain-of-function research was banned in the United States in 2017. And guess what happened? Uh, funding went overseas to places like the Wuhan Institute of Virology, not directly, but indirectly through a group called EcoHealth Alliance in New York, run by, by uh, uh, Mr. Ebright. And Mr. Ebright is on record and doing interviews in the fall of 2019 talking about how wonderful the gain-of-function research program is going at the Wuhan Institute of Virology that they've created 50 different viruses and that they've, uh, they're have they more lethal to mice and, you know, the, the, work, the work is going wonderfully. That was just a couple of months before the pandemic began. They were still bragging about it. Money came from Dr. Fauci. Uh, the techniques came from uh, Dr. Fauci's labs uh, in the United States. So, yeah, that's the original pandemic sin. If Dr. Fauci hadn't been doing gain-of-function research uh, with the lab in China, uh, you know, at, at the very least, it would have delayed uh, the, uh, the the attack that we've been subjected to over the last the last two years. And he may have been doing noble scientific research to advance the frontiers of knowledge. All right. But the Chinese Communist Party saw this technology and saw that it could be used to create a bioweapon. And that's exactly what they did. I, I, I have a tough time understanding how a bioweapon is a good thing when it's I can see a bioweapon when it involves uh, dropping uh, chemical bombs somewhere uh, with, you know, diseases that can kill people right away. But uh, uh, there seems to be quite a bit of blowback if you if you start a worldwide plague. Eventually, it's going to come back and get you, isn't it? 
Well, uh, not if you have the vaccine and not if you vaccinate people before you actually release the, the bioweapon. And I, I, you know, this is an unrestricted bioweapon, we call it. Uh, it's a bioweapon where it has highly infectious but low lethality, doesn't kill everybody it infects, uh, and it has plausible deniability. And China has been denying that it came from, from China uh, for the last two and a half years. They blame the United States. Uh, they blame Chile. They, for, they, they say it comes in on frozen fish. Uh, it's just nonsense, the kind of excuses that they've offered. So they're denying it. Uh, you know, in the old days, we thought about uh, bioweapons as anthrax, uh, something where yeah. you'd release over a city, a million people would die overnight, and that would be the end of the attack. Um, the, 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 the new um, model for a bioweapon is something of uh, low lethality, highly infectious, that will disrupt uh, your enemy's economy, uh, that will cause some deaths, a lot of hospitalizations, that will disrupt an open economy like ours, especially if we take China as a model in terms of lockdowns. Um, so that, I mean, if you look at the results, uh, two and a half years, uh, people, uh, trillions of dollars lost, millions of lives lost. China's in a relatively stronger position today than before. Uh, I think, I think um, the Chinese Communist Party is quite happy with the result. Why the reluctance to blame China for this from the part on the part of forget the media i understand that but but the the us government why why the reluctance to and the pushback anytime they weren't we we weren't even allowed to call it the china virus when it first came out well you know let me call it the china virus or the wuhan virus or and and always always trace it back to the wuhan lab uh politics was involved i mean you know we were in an election year and uh and the, pre- the current occupant of the White House is very vulnerable on the China issue because of his past business dealings with China, because his son, Hunter Biden, was in business with the uh, intelligence chief of the, of the Chinese government at one point. Yeah, but uh, this was going on, a- Steve, when, when Donald Trump was president. He, the media, were, everybody was pushing back. Uh, the Democrats were pushing back. It was, you were a racist even mentioned the word China in the discussion. Well, I mean, there, there was that as well. And, and a lot of that, uh, there was a huge uh, Chinese propaganda effort being made in 2020. They obviously had their preferred candidate to win the election, and, and, and Biden is in the Oval Office, um, in part because of the, I think in large part because of the pandemic, uh, with all of the changes to, to uh, ballot counting and mail-in ballots and so forth that that, uh, that allowed. Um, but China was also directly engaging in propaganda. We saw... For example, they were sending out videos of people dropping dead in the streets of Wuhan. And then Dr. Deborah Burks and Anthony Fauci, I think, panicked and thought, this is another Spanish flu. Forty, fifty million people around the world are going to die. So what they did was they then looked at China and, and modeled their own response on China's. China went into lockdown early, and they claimed, after a few weeks of lockdown, they claimed that they had virtually eliminated deaths, that more people were dying in New York City than were dying in Wuhan. They literally claimed that, and I think that uh, Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks uh, took that uh, as, the, uh, as the truth. And, of course, all numbers out of China, you have to question, because the Chinese Communist Party produces data uh, not to accurately reflect reality, but to make themselves look good. And so they made themselves look good by saying there are more deaths now in New York City because of the sloppy uh, political system of the United States than 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 uh, than in Wuhan because we have much tighter controls here. So I think we were played. I think it was a very successful at that level. It was a very successful psychological operation, spread, spreading uh, fear porn and getting the United States to completely completely undermine its economy uh, by by shuttering small businesses, uh, many millions never to open again. And I can all thank uh, Dr. Fauci for most of that. Hey, Stephen, I'm out of time. The book is The Politically Incorrect Guide to Pandemics. I appreciate you coming on, and good luck with the book. Thank you. And we'll be right back. MyPillow is having their biggest sheet sale of the year. This is John Stagerwald. You've all helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. 
The Percale bedsheet set is available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they're all on sale. For example, the queen size is regularly priced at $89.98, but now it's only $39.98 with our listener promo code. Order now because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale sheets are breathable and have a cold, crisp feel. These come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-716-8087, use the promo code STAG, or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code STAG. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, I don't know what you think of uh, Jim Harbaugh, the uh, Michigan football coach. You probably don't like his brother because he's the coach of the Ravens, but uh, Jim Harbaugh is very, very strongly uh, pro-life and anti-abortion. So he came out on ESPN this week, and this is what he said uh, he and his wife will do. He said he's told the, uh, the, the guys on his team, family members, uh, staff, players, anyway, anybody who comes up with a surprise pregnancy – Unwanted. Quote, I've told them the same thing I tell my kids, the boys, the girls. Same thing I tell our players, our staff members. I encourage them, if they have a pregnancy that wasn't planned, to go through with it. Go through with it. Let that unborn child be born. And if at the time you don't feel like you can care for it, you don't have the means or the wherewithal, then Sarah, that's his wife, and I will take that baby. Uh, the reason I tell you that is because I want you to watch the reaction that this gets. Um, He's a Catholic. He's very much pro-life. Ninety uh, percent, at least, of the sports media, and I know because I worked in it for thirty years, forty years, um, they're liberal, and they trash uh, people like Jim Harbaugh, and they elevate people like um, what's his name, Kaepernick. Uh, they liked him. He was wonderful. Watch how much they'll either make fun of Jim Harbaugh or they'll trash him at every opportunity now because. He had the nerve to say that he would take care of someone's unwanted baby instead of having that person kill the baby. Sounds like a pretty good guy to me. He won't be portrayed that way, I promise you. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.